can I sit in the virtual room? I think you all got a, a nice coffee in your hand. So we're all uh, ready for an hour together. Welcome to Vietnam Supply Chain. Welcome to this webinar around COVID-19. It's uh, the third of the, of the series for now. We're taking a bit more optimistic or positive outlook of the future. Because in a few weeks ago, it was a bit dark or uncertain. At least we're seeing a brighter um, near future, at least for now. The virus spread is slowing down. We got less than 1% per day increase of active case today. America seems to be still a little bit in trouble uh, with our friends um, uh, Trump and Bolsonaro that seems to have to, to struggle to, to keep things uh, under control, Europe is nearly waking up. That's a good sign. Africa seems to have escaped a significant crisis. And Asia has been a model, uh, at least for uh, most uh, of the countries, in terms of uh, treating this, this uh, or going through this, this crisis, with uh, certain exceptions, but we'll, we'll cover that later. So we're all eager to get back to normal. I think uh, from Vietnam, at least, we're seeing the streets uh, I, um, busy again, uh, almost like it was a few a few months ago. Um, the question being, how damaged are our businesses, our supply chain? Even though what we see in the city might look uh, vibrant again, we might also uh, look at behind uh, the, the the first uh, impression and see how uh, our supply chain, our companies, our our manufacturing sectors uh, still. Uh, are probably quite impacted. So we will take a more supply chain look as we used to do in Vietnam supply chain. But the difference and the objective of today is to broaden the perspective and take a regional look to uh, the, the, the crisis. Uh, we'll see um, regional perspective, we'll see sectorial perspective, and we'll see corporate perspective. So each of our guests will actually give a perspective from uh, a specific countries. I'll try to keep ourselves uh, from the Vietnam perspective, but we'll travel to Hong Kong, we'll travel to Thailand, we'll travel to Singapore and travel to Cambodia. So it's very much a regional view we'll take today. And we'll try to scan different sectors such as logistics, electronics, um, FMCG and um, other uh, construction related industries. For that uh, ambitious um, objective, I, I need uh, I need help, and and, and I've, I've piled up uh, we've piled up uh, uh, an interesting set of speakers and and professionals that are joining us today. First, we'll have uh, Elsa Yuen. She's a managing director at uh, KDS Global Logistics in Hong Kong. Welcome, uh, Elsa, or should I say, uh, Chao San, Elsa. Welcome to uh, to this panel. Uh, we'll you'll share the, the Hong Kong view and the logistics view uh, together with us. Uh, we have also Mr. Long, hello Long, Long Fam, which, uh, who's uh, the head of uh, Hub Asia for Schneider Electric. Hub Asia being the main distribution uh, center for the entire region for Schneider Electric. Uh, tens of thousands of SQs, very complex operation, and and Long is actually managing this. Uh, this uh, great um, logistics uh, uh, operation in Singapore. Long is from Vietnam, but is based in Singapore. So it'll give us probably more of a Singaporean view on, um, the, um, on the crisis. Hello, Long. Good morning. 
So we'll set, try to keep your mic open so we can exchange quickly. We have also uh, Chandy Ott. Chandy is, has a background in manufacturing uh, as uh, long as particularly. Uh, beverage industry is uh, the, the, the core uh, industry where Chandy is active because he's actually a supply chain director at uh, Coca-Cola. Uh, uh, in Cambodia, I used to also to work with uh, Heineken, so beverage is filled. It's going to give a, a perspective of Cambodia, and particularly, um, we'll, we'll try to extend also because uh, uh, Chandi has a, a particular interest in green supply chains, who will hopefully uh, be able to um, to link to that topic too. And finally, uh, last but not least, certainly, um, Peter Pennings from um, Holland, but based in Thailand for quite some time already. So the supply chain management background uh, in the field of electronics uh, today, uh, Thailand perspective, and you're actually the head of supply chain for Lixen, who's a manufacturer of chips for your passports or uh, your products, identification uh, components for, uh, for products and people. Welcome, Savarika, uh, Peter. Good morning. Good morning. So, four amazing speakers uh, to go through a wide topic. I would like to state that we are taking this webinar as an update. What we'll say today might change and might be different from what we'll say tomorrow. So, let's be cautious. Let's not take um, our crystal ball and guess the future. We all understand that. Well, this exercise is a, is a tricky one, so we'll give as much as uh, uh, honest answers and perspective as possible. But let, let's not uh, forecast or foresee uh, too harsh what's going to happen. We're all in the same situation. So for now, I'd like to maybe open the, the dialogue and, and witness the fact that we have Elsa and, <coughs> and Long, who are basically uh, located in hubs. Singapore, Hong Kong are logistic hubs. They've been logistic hubs for a long time and this role and function is critical for not only uh, these countries but also for the region and for the for the world. So maybe to start with I'd like to to uh, have your perspective Elsa on how over the past few uh, uh, weeks uh, Hong Kong could play its role of logistic hub and uh, facilitate uh, international trade? Has it been very disturbed or has it been running uh, normally? Can you explain how Hong Kong uh, hub was actually operational these last few weeks? Okay, thanks, Julian. Yeah, this is my honor to attend the webinar together and I would like to say hello to everyone and good morning. Yeah, I'm Elsa, I'm from Hong Kong. Um, Okay, I'm also working in the brick forwarding and free PL business. Um, the, uh, the name is called KDS. At the same time, I'm the chair lady of the Hong Kong Logistic Association. Uh, regarding for this topic, really interesting also uh, because we are so happy. You know, uh, Hong Kong, uh, we are facing different difficulty last year and also this year, except the coronavirus uh, impact. Also last year, we are, we are suffering from the anti-government protests. So starting from last year, we are suffering two kinds of the big thing. One is US-China trade war. 
at that moment, and then our customer, you know, uh, in Hong yep. Kong, most of the trader, major the customer in Europe and also USA. At that time, um, they are planning or maybe delay their order. So let's to see the USA or maybe the relationship between China and USA. That's why mm. this is a big impact for us because they are slow down, slow down their ordering or maybe their planning. And at the same time, they're thinking about you know, China is a good area or maybe the right place for their production because mm -hmm. of the you know, trade war. And so that's why last year, some of the manufacturer in China already planned to move out to some of the area. But in mm -hmm. Hong Kong, we are major, we're doing the transshipment. That means uh, we allow the cargo coming from China manufacturer and then do the re-export. This is mm -hmm. also may make us to like the alarm to reveal again, uh, okay, where is the cargo coming from or where will, where will they go? So some of the manufacturer, they're planning to move to like the Vietnam, this is more popular, uh, like uh, Cambodia and also uh, like Bangkok as well. So this is also we are facing the difficulty. And also last year, last quarter, especially for the anti-government protests, quite serious. Uh, before that, we also, we can rely on some of the local market, local consumption, like the traveler, tourism. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But at that time, there's so many uh, instructions or maybe the protests happen. So nobody want, yeah, want to go out for shopping or relaxing mm. entertain, entertainment. So this is also, we, we are suffering. And then uh, this year, and then the um, coronavirus yep. happened happen in China first. At that time, uh, all the factory, they closed. And then we, we have no cargo move in and out from China to China, uh, from China or to China. At that time, mm. um, starting from the New Year until March. So at that moment, also we are thinking about how can we survive? Because we rely on some of the cargo moving from those area, but now it's nothing. And also uh, our tourism is dropped and almost, um, we're talking about only few percent coming to Hong Kong. So uh, mm -hmm. uh, also we are thinking um, what is our future? That's true. And then, uh, so, uh, but uh, one thing we can, we can find out before that uh, the Hong Kong people, they don't like um, to do the internet shopping or maybe the, um, especially for the internet. Um, mm -hmm. because um, we are so convenient and then we can eat, we can shop everywhere immediately and seven mm. days, 24 hours. But right now we cannot mm. do anything. So that's why we are built up uh, quite mature um, online. Like uh, uh, recently, we have the, like, the food panda delivery role for the food delivery. And mm. also we are doing the internet or maybe online shopping this is quite mature than before. Before we like go to the shop to touch, now they are very mature for the online. So this so is- there's an evolution of, of the domestic uh, consumption too. We'll come back to that, Elsa. Just, yeah, just okay. uh, uh, trying yeah. to, to summarize, you're saying that Hong Kong not only had a corona issue as, as most countries had, but mm -hmm. last year obviously there were protests and it seems that there are protests again uh, <laughs> as we speak these last few days. So um, there's yeah. this pressure on, on 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 local government to to uh, to kind of cope with the with new regulation coming from mainland. Apparently, we won't go in that uh, direction. But it seems that 
there's going to be further protest and Hong Kong is going to be further disrupted. Um, does that impact international flows? Do you think that the actual um, social uh, tension in, in Hong Kong could have an impact also on the logistic flows or it's still kind of disconnected and once uh, Corona is, is, is back to normal or, or is off, we could recover a, a normal activity in Hong Kong ports, for example. Before that, we're expecting um, the coronavirus can be, um, yeah, maybe impact until April. But unfortunately, we have second wave. Mm -hmm. So this is uh, also we are planning, uh, look, yeah, yeah, we hope that uh, June, but now we cannot because of the USA and Europe uh, is quite serious. So that's why uh, mm -hmm. we are looking for the logistic, uh, the big impact majorly for the air freight. The air cargo because um, for the limited for the airspace, um, mm. so that's why every day or no every week uh, the, uh, the air freight is going up and up like the double, mm. triple, and four times. So this yeah. is okay. uh, also most of the product will be related medical product only. Okay, so yeah, there's there's a tension on medical product. Uh, air freight is all over the place. Prices are, are varying a lot. It's difficult to find capacity, so it creates a lot of variation. And the on the sea freight, it seems more or less back to normal. Would you say that? No, uh, actually, right now uh, we don't have the such water, and also the shipping line they reduce their schedule as well. Yeah, mm. because of the volume. Yeah. Okay. So less volume why, anyway. Yeah, also, the ocean freight also they are going up. Okay, I'll move to, to Singapore. So we, we've crossing, we're going back to the south um, of Vietnam from Hong Kong to Singapore. Singapore hub uh, role, uh, what do you think uh, has been, uh, um, how, how Singapore has been doing uh, uh, long uh, in your views? Have you been struggling to ship in and out products even from your Schneider perspective or, or is, was it smooth uh, all over the time? Okay, thanks, uh, Julian. So thanks, uh, Julian and uh, Vietnam Supply Chain for this opportunity to keep me in contact with uh, uh, my country of origin, right? So uh, uh, thanks, everyone. So, so good morning to Vietnam, colleague. Okay, so so um, answer your question. So, so, um, what happened in Singapore, right? Um, um, actually, you know, when, when you look into the um, media, the news, uh, television, it, it looked quite scary about Singapore, right? Every day, mm -hmm. we see something like um, the first few weeks, 800 people got affected every day and last few days, it went down to 300. But the total amount num number affected is quite big in Singapore. So mm -hmm. We're talking about 30,000. In reality, um, you know, we're living here and we operate here. Life continues, business continues, and, and we do not have any impacted in our operation. Actually, we're okay. lucky because Singapore government managed the country as a business. So I use the okay, it depends on how you feel, but as a businessman, right, as a, as a company, um, Singapore doesn't go for a complete lockdown, right? They organize by um, basis. And uh, by activity, so a uh, logistic has is considered as a key sector economic. Mm -hmm. And and Schneider Electric, so my company uh, is we are in what, what they call it essential activity. So we are uh, allowed 
fully operated. So um, our hubs, our uh, distribution center, open 24 hours uh, and since three months, work non-stop. Mm. Okay. So there's no impact on our uh, destination. So to with uh, our hub deliver to 42 countries in the world, from North America to South America to the Pacific, China, and everywhere in the world, and and we, we have no uh, interruption in our uh, supply chain. Okay. Okay. So it means from from um, an operation standpoint, running a, an activity there was not an issue. Uh, so most most of the struggle was on on transport on on shipping or, okay, so, or was it another okay, matter? Um, not an issue because we, we continue to um, uh, the, the service from transport from customer everything continue. We got more issue with uh, uh, manpower. Okay, so mm -hmm. Singapore is about six million population and, and a big portion of the workforce come from Malaysia, right? So every day. Um, there's something like 300 to 400,000 workers uh, cross the border from uh, Malaysia to go and work in Singapore. So, mm. so that is the biggest impact on, 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 on Singapore uh, activities. Um, so mm. especially for us, uh, Schneider Electric, we have, uh, you know, more than half of our workforce Every day go to Singapore, so you know they go to Singapore, they work, and even they go back home. So, so um, we um, we have been impacted. Like fifteen percent of our workforce couldn't uh, uh, move to Singapore. So what happened is uh, we have anticipated the uh, so-called MCO movement control orders in Malaysia, where they look mm -hmm. they stop the movement and don't allow people to, to go to overseas, right? So we have anticipated to ask people to relocate to Singapore. We, you okay. know, overnight, overnight, we make a decision to to bring in 66 workforce uh, and fire uh, hotels uh, and, and relocate our people. But still have a big portion of the people couldn't make the move because of family reasons. Uh, okay. And also many, many other companies could not uh, propose this kind of facility to welcome the, the workers. So, Yes, that is a, a big impact on, on the logistic and manufacturing sector in Singapore, the, the workforce. And recently, uh, you have seen the uh, foreign workers, right? So most of the cases uh, affected by coronavirus in Singapore are from the uh, foreign workers, where they stay in the dormitory, right? So, so the, those are uh, the workforce that do the construction, uh, yeah. uh, some, of, some of the utilities. So yeah, we have been impacted for this kind of activity, but not in the transport C and N. Okay, so so in short, you're you're saying that the impact has mostly been uh, having uh, the, the people uh, working in your facility, and most of them being uh, crossing the border every day to work. They were not able to to do that anymore. So you had to anticipate bring them in Singapore, find them a hotel pay for it and maintain their, their presence in Singapore. There's been a bit of a disturbance, but you could normally run your, your operations. Would you say that then uh, very quickly, the demand uh, drop has been most of the, uh, the challenge or was it still, uh, did you face operational challenge over the last few, few months? Actually, um, we, we, we see some drop here, but uh, uh, you know, in, um, 
in all the parts of the world, so when we think about uh, Turkey, when we, we, we deliver to 40, mm -hmm. 42 countries. Uh, so mm -hmm. uh, we have seen some drop, uh, mm -hmm. likely uh, in Malaysia, in Vietnam, uh, Indonesia, but then all the parts of the world continue to have a uh, 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 good uh, movement, good sell. Uh, so we deliver a lot to Brazil. Maybe next few weeks we're gonna we're gonna have uh, the impact. But for now, Brazil continue to doing well. Turkey uh, and and and, uh, and Dubai and so on. So there okay. is a mixed feeling. So some some part of the world thing doesn't go well, but some other part we continue over. Right. And so, and if I if I may add to that, so I think it's a good point uh, regarding the the demand. So. From, from our perspective, it's not so much the challenge of a demand drop, but it's much more the, uh, the high uncertainty of, uh, of the demand. So to give you an okay. example, we have two large customers in, uh, in, in the US. Um, one customer is actually ramping up, the other one is actually uh, ramping down significantly and, and they buy more or less the same product for, for more or less mm. the same end market. So it's, it's overall not an, an enormous demand drop, um, but more the uncertainty on, on what will happen in quarter three, quarter four, and how that translates into how do we need to set ourselves also from a supply chain perspective and, and, and a material uh, perspective. I think that's, that's, mm. that's one of the key questions. Very good point. So we'll, we'll come back to uncertainty, but it seems that, of course, uh, and uh, maybe quickly, uh, Peter, before we move to, to your sector and your company, uh, and, and long also, uh, this uncertainty comes from a case-to-case -case basis, as you described, there could be a company failing and then you lose a bunch of demand, but the other would do well, or would it be more sectorial and you see some, or, or even regional Europe demand tends to go down, uh, South America demand tends to go up. Do you see those kind of, of trends or it's all over the place and there's not really a, a pattern anywhere? From, from our perspective, it's, um, it, it does not be a, a standard pattern to be, uh, to be seen. And I think that that's also already related a bit to the situation before COVID-19, uh, COVID uh, when if I look at our industry, there was always a trend of uh, consolidation of, of, of players. So I would say you have like an acceleration of, of uh, customers rethinking about um, uh, their suppliers, so in this case us, and we do the same thing with uh, with our suppliers. So yeah, it's it's mm -hmm. not a very specific uh, trend. It's it's really scattered um, um, from from our perspective, scattered um, over the. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. So um, excellent. So we've we've mapped a little bit the. Singapore and Hong Kong perspective. I'd like maybe uh, you, Peter, and, and Chandy, maybe starting with Chandy, uh, can you describe your, your current operations and tell us a little bit of what has been your reality over the last few weeks? How do you run a Coca-Cola operation or Coca-Cola supply chain in, um, in Cambodia right now, these days? Can you describe that and tell us if, if it's normal or if it's changed? Right, yeah. Um... Obviously, it won't be normal. <laughs> yeah, we see. Okay. But, um, you know, this uh, this country is very much dependent on the exports and where the activity and the employment come from. Uh, the export market is usually the U.S. and the Europeans. We both are affected, and as a result, a lot of government industry have to shut down, and people no jobs. So obviously, our business is not 
just not normal. Um, but with in your in your field, uh, coke is domestic uh, domestic product. So I understand for for a lot of textile workers, this is tough, and that's reality for Vietnam, for Myanmar, for Bangladesh, for a lot of textile sector workers is is actually quite tough. But from a, a a coke brand who sells mostly uh, domestically, do you, how, how do you see consumers and, and the sales going on? And, and it's, is it uh, back normal now? It's behind last year, I can say. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. not, very, not, not very much behind last year. We do year to date. We are talking about somewhere in the neighborhood of 10% decline mm -hmm. of business overall year to date. Because uh, Obviously, many occasions have disappeared for the last three months, e.g. Mm -hmm. restaurants, hotels, mm -hmm. uh, beer garden, bars, uh, schools. So all of those occasions have been disappeared as a result that we, we don't have any business from that occasion. So, and uh, yeah, because uh, in the meantime, we uh, we have noticed that the the demand has shift has shifted from a kind of premiums to a, a more affordable and sharing packs. Usually, a mm. family thing like big bottles, family sharings. Uh, as a result of you know uh, the unemployment, yeah, of the yeah, yeah. Yeah, start to start to kick in. Yeah, that that that's how I see from Coca-Cola locally. Mm. And operationally, uh, are you able to make your shipments as you want to run your factory as you want, or you have you know legal constraints that uh, we are from a, from operation perspective, we run as normal as we are. We Cambodia has never gone through a lockdown at all. Um, however, since we are in a, what we call essential business, we we are. We are pointed uh, from the government already that the, we, we will not be shutting down. Uh, mm -hmm. We got indication uh, like that. And uh, because there's not much demand, then we, we have to, to scale down our productions. And we have to, to focus on the you know, top revenue SKU. We, mm -hmm. we scale down a lot from a finished goods day on inventory but we do we do uh, shift our raw material build up instead uh, because uh, this country again also dependent on importation big mean local manufacturing is not much uh, mainly from thailand and vietnam that how raw, raw material and ingredient came from also from singapore part of it so we rather build up the stock on raw material side, the incoming side, where concerning that, you know, a country like Singapore, Vietnam, or Thailand would go through lockdown, then we have nothing to produce. Therefore, yeah. Yeah, so quite quite dependent on how, how your neighbors are, are doing, yeah. Of Correct. course. And from <clears throat> from Vietnam perspective, it's a bit the same. There are there are sectors that have been initially impacted because of supply issue, depending on on, on China a lot. I'm, I'm talking about um, textile and, and more light manufacturing. Really initially impacted by the the input flow uh, the disruption from mostly China, 
and then starting to be a demand problem uh, for domestically. So we are seeing Vietnam back to life now. It's a little bit comparable to, to what we see probably also in Thailand, uh, not much of a severe uh, strict lockdown measure, more of the light ones, but very quick reaction to cases, uh, which has been successful, of, of course, also uh, here. <coughs> but there are, there are definitely a lot of restaurants, of bars, of, of plenty of places that have not reopened. Um, and there's no numbers here, but from uh, working around the city, you see easily 10 to 15 percent of businesses that are closed and, and would never reopen. And what is more worrying and what is less visible is probably uh, outside the cities and in industrial zones where all these factories are and where all these export factories are. And we don't see uh, that uh, recovering as, as fast as, uh, as uh, urban businesses. So there are probably a lot of workers that are still also waiting for a, a job. So they are, they are, um, the demand, the export demand is not there yet. And then it starts to impact um, the, the social, uh, um, social uh, situation and conditions of, of a lot of workers here. Yeah. Now, Peter, would you describe a little bit how, how things are happening in, in, in Thailand and how your operations are running today? So just to give a brief background about uh, our operations. So basically, we, we mm -hmm. ship um, to over 70 countries and, and mainly to customers in, in Europe and, uh, and, and the US. Um, mm -hmm. So I think we clearly saw a trend that um, uh, around March, um, when, when the perspective was still uh, much of, of, of February, COVID-19 is, is, is a Chinese-based uh, issue. Um, Problem, so, yeah. right, the focus was heavily on uh, how do we make sure that we are not impacted from, from, from a China perspective, supplies and customers, um, and, and that quite quickly shift to, uh, to, to, to the global perspective. So I think from an operational perspective, um, uh, in, in March, we quite quickly ramped up uh, to mitigate all the, all the risks and, as I said, uh, high uncertainty. So it was difficult to, 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 to make uh, uh, fact-based decisions from that perspective. So mm -hmm. we went for, for full risk mitigation in, in terms of, um, if you look at our operations, they are all based in Thailand, uh, mm -hmm. with the risk of if we would have a case of COVID-19 in, in one of our factories, then basically uh, our uh, entire global uh, production would uh, more or less come to a stop. So mm -hmm. one of the things uh, we did was to make sure that, uh, uh, that all our workers, around uh, 2000, are uh, divided in terms of um, uh, the buses which which they come to the office and in which building uh, they are working. We even mm -hmm. moved uh, some of our uh, production equipment to an, an, an former uh, uh, factory uh, of us just to, to spread the risk of, uh, of a factory closure. Then on, on a material perspective, we reached out to, uh, to our suppliers to see what can we pull in. Mm -hmm. to it, right? In, in, in terms of materials, also to mitigate the risk of, uh, of our suppliers and our local suppliers being uh, shut down. Because, right? So you built stock, stock of material as much as you could to, in case things yes. would come yes, back, yes, you'd, yes. you'd have stock. Yeah. Okay. Right, so with, with, with hindsight, I think we, we went for full mitigation uh, scenario. And now mm. we see, right, that we can slowly ramp down in terms of, um, of, of, of building up um, uh, all those mitigation actions. Also because we see that, as I said, the demand is still ongoing. Um, mm. Definitely, right? It, it's lower than, uh, than normal, but not significant, uh, significantly. Um, 
So there we come back uh, a bit to normal situation in terms of, uh, of how we run the supply chain. Fact stays that- Okay, so, so, so today you brought your workers together back in, in, in the mm -hmm. sites you had, or you still- Still, still separate, still separate. Okay, yeah. so you still have some non-normal kind of situation yeah. holding for now. Yeah. Up to a point, do you, do you have you triggered this back to normal situation to a, a certain number of cases in Thailand or to a certain number of uh, conditions, no, or, or is it? As, it's as difficult it to say. It's difficult to say. You can imagine that uh, once you make the decision, and, and, and as I said, right, if if it's uh, mm. if there would be a case and and uh, uh, the factory uh, has to be shut down, mm. it's just a major impact for ourselves because we lose eighty percent of uh, of our production capacity. So mm. there we are extremely uh, cautious, and and. And I think that's a bit of an industry perspective. Um, if you look at our our industry, it's very important to maintain um, the the uh, customer relationships in terms of, of of supplying your customers. Because once mm. you cannot supply, the risk of your customer going to to a competitor and, and staying with a competitor is quite big. So also from that perspective, we see that our top management is is quite willing to say uh, in terms of freight cost, right? We t we take the hit in order to maintain that relationship and, and the supply to these customers. Because we, okay. at any cost, do not want to lose um, um, that customer with the risk of not coming back in the future. Makes sense. And that's, that's, uh, that's an interesting thing. Then you you'd very likely uh, use uh, uh, air freight to, to supply your customers, which yeah, so might so have been a, a tough issue, a tough uh, challenge. That's, that's a very tough challenge, yeah. So, so, so let, let's cover that topic right together. Uh, air freight, because it's been, it's been a, a problem for a lot of companies, even though you were not used to use air freight, you would say, yeah, we, we need to ship anywhere, our customers are important, let's, let's, let's use planes, but there's no plane. How do we cope with this? How much uh, the prices have been impacted? A quick, quick uh, perspective, uh, um, Peter. I'd like to hear Elsa and maybe long on on air freight uh, disruption and how, how things are running today. Yeah. So, so, so quickly, if we are working with three logistics uh, uh, service providers, so they already quite early in quite early stage this year uh, reached out and, and, and said, right, we can ship your uh, airspace. Also, some of them operating their own charters. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, all of that comes with a cost. Mm -hmm. um, so, so as I said, right, the, the cargo perspective, there's still flights available. Costs are going up sometimes for certain days, two, three times. Mm -hmm. uh, what we see is that two, three uh, times. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so so for some some lanes, it's 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 up to two, three times. Uh, also dependent on how quickly we can we can lock in uh, our freight. So typically, it was a one week perspective. Mm -hmm. Now, right, we need we need to be uh, uh, more fixed to uh, to communicating when do we need to ship out. What you see, and I think that's interesting in, in COVID-19 overall, where in the past we couldn't have discussions with customers about can we find uh, better alternatives from a price perspective uh, by going to a hub, where in the past it was an absolutely mm -hmm. no-go. Uh, now, given the situation, there's that flexibility of, of, of allowing alternative uh, flight routes into Europe uh, just to secure the, the supply. Okay, so uh, prices have been increasing, but there's some flexibility to play around. But what is interesting is that air freight is used for emergency shipment, but now you start to need to book it to one, two weeks in advance to make sure you have 
uh, something, uh, some capacity available. Correct. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah. Elsa, what, what's your view on, on uh, air freight and how it's been uh, uh, going from a Hong Kong perspective? Elsa, are you here? Yeah, you're mute. Can you tell us yeah, uh, what's your view yeah, yeah. On, on, on air freight from Hong Kong? Have you seen changes on, on the market? How, how, what's the situation there? Um, yeah, before that, uh, we ship a lot of the medical um, from China, major also mm. from Hong Kong. And also due to the passenger flight almost canceled, especially for our, home, our hometown carrier, Cafe Pacific, mm -hmm. they almost zero operation to operate the passenger flight. Only the cargo flight and or maybe the charter flighter. So that's why it makes the capacity is lower than before and also there's a great demand. Mm. That's why an air freight is going yeah, two times and three times going up. Before that, um, we need to ship a lot of the medical pearl from China. So that's why um, they're willing to pay. And uh, all the air freight must be DOD. That means they cash. But right now, um, the main product right now, um, yeah, maybe a little bit stable and then the supply, all the thing. So uh, some of the, um, the customer, uh, major for the lighter electronic product and premium mm -hmm. product, and then they will ship that by air as well. Mm. So they are also suffering air freight, yeah, because of the they need to operate their factory and continue the production. Well, what, what's the trend there? Do you see capacity increase uh, in the air freight, or, or do you see uh, still a, a big portion of the capacity used for? Uh, medical equipment and emergency things and uh, to the expense of other uh, normal cargo shipment or what's the trend in terms of capacity and price potentially do you see an upward trend of price or, or going to be back to more reasonable rates i think the demanding is going up because uh yeah because of, uh before that the chinese factory maybe they closed down but now the uh mm -hmm. now this is the US and Europe also close down. But I think they will soon normally. Normally that means that the production will be go should be must be go to normal Correct, production. But yeah. But so air freight capacity. Yeah, right. But the freight capacity maybe is still the lower level because they would like to earn more because uh, they're losing money before. Yeah. So this is mm, uh, mm. yeah, we 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 will facing the difficulty for the higher freight. So at the same time, you think about the consumer product, that means uh, later, whether they can afford such kind of higher rate or high operation cost. Yeah, so this mm. is also we, 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 we worry about. Okay, Long, would you, would you have a, a perspective on air freight? I guess you, you, using that. Uh, okay, so, so our view is more as a, a client, a user from the, the air freight, right? So, I mean, I, I don't have a, much a view on the capacity. What, what capacity? What I know is um, a lot of companies have got the flight and uh, the, the, the price have increased actually up mm. to five times. Uh, um, just give you a number. Uh, flying things from Europe to Singapore is cost like 10 euro per kg. Yeah. Okay, so, so now uh, for us, um, we deliver a lot to construction, but then because of the lockdown, right? So everything slowed down. So we successfully convinced our, our customer 
to completely stop effort. Okay. It doesn't right. make sense to bring, to bring goods and sleep somewhere in the warehouse or the construction site. Mm -hmm. So, so rule number one, no more effort. But now when we okay. have some uh, special cases like hospital, uh, they need to up immediately then, customer, customer have to pay. Then, then we go mm -hmm. and negotiate and, and, and try to get the service. But we, we also try to bring goods uh, uh, via road. So we use a CBP, cross-border truck, from okay. China uh, to Singapore. So we go to Vietnam, Thailand, uh, Malaysia, and Singapore. So we uh, it's it a bit longer, but we, we ensure the supply continue. Uh, yeah, okay. So because of the slowdown of, of the demand and your customer being not necessarily too much in a rush, you stop the air freight, uh, save some cost, and still maintain a, a decent service while uh, also trying to find alternative on the road to to uh, to deliver uh, with flexibility. Clear. Uh, now let's move on because time is flying. This is fascinating, but we we also need to move on to our, what's coming out in the future. What I'd like before we we project ourselves for, for in the next few months is to, for you to maybe explain uh, what would be the lesson learned from your company perspective, from the highest level. What do you think those uh, big bosses or these, these uh, company leaders have understood from the crisis and what do you think they have initiated from a, a change perspective? Uh, Peter, would you, would you yep. see a, a before after picture from, a, from again, yeah. corporate leadership? Yeah, especially from uh, so from a corporate perspective, I think the the, the realization of um, uh, the dependency on on the Thai-based uh, manufacturing location is clearly something which is now uh, on the mind. Um, having said that, um, if we look at our uh, our footprint, um, where I wouldn't say the direction, but where the thinking was more on can we consolidate uh, our, our manufacturing footprint into, uh, into one new location. Uh, I think there the consideration is now more and more we need to, to spread uh, the risk for, for future situations. So I think that's, that's right. a clear difference compared to, mm. uh, to the thinking before. Um, and I think secondly on, on a material perspective, so um, where in the past it, the topic of can we can we do dual sourcing or can we change uh, suppliers was always uh, driven from an engineering perspective and, and, and it cannot be because uh, we need certain uh, material uh, uh, criteria. Now that discussion starts to open from a su supply chain perspective and say, look, right, if this this happens again, we need to have that flexibility to uh, to to be able to act. Yeah, so these backup suppliers was a nice to have a, a few weeks ago, and that was the case for, for a lot of companies. Yeah, we need backup supplier or plan B or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But practically, there was not much done here. Here, it becomes a, a, a central. It's uh, a very interesting. Would, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Would you, would you have the same uh, perspective, Chandy, on, on yeah. the learnings from, from your corporate uh, um, directors? I share a similar view with uh, Peter's, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, we have been for so long that dependent on a single source suppliers. The idea is that, you know, to get a scale and to be cheapest. And then from the experience, we a little bit caught us off guard. Big mean we had to rush and identify all the possible supply points 
and the alternative routes instead of just you know looking at road transportations we had to shift now view is it uh, river freight or ocean freight if possible mm. we cannot build in the systems and that crisis has forced us that you know, we had to relook so if you ask my my view is that after this we have to relook at ours just what we call just in time philosophy mm. we, we, we may need to adjust or at least build in disruptions you know when situation mm. like this happens okay so multi-source supplier also trying to be a bit more risk uh, risk uh, um, covering your risk by by having different sources and the just-in-time philosophy being a bit challenged to something we need to maybe create uh, not just in time somewhere mm. between just in time and just in case we'll see that later long what, what or maybe Elsa what's what's your what from your client perspective what did you think have changed in their mind or what's what's the main paradigm uh, shift they have operated over the last, last few weeks okay um during this time of period uh, yeah i maybe i can find out the two direction the one is um, the global sourcing is mo most important right now because uh before that maybe we rely on the chinese the supplier yeah but some of them maybe they move to the intra asia the supplier instead of the only rely on one country or maybe the production and mm. also second for the trend for the e-commerce yeah except um the normal air freight or maybe normal normal goods at the same time yeah some of them my customer they are well developed in china already mm. they do the e-commerce business well developed but now they they think about okay only without one market that means the chinese market for the e-commerce now they're planning to move out to international like uh, mm. uh moving from their product from china make, uh, the production and mm. the e-commerce to like the Vietnam, Australia and Korea. This is the therefore then it's a new developing developing yeah the yeah. very interesting. I think the cable has cut so well I will take over but that's that's uh, uh, we need uh, to back pay again, more attention Angela. like before that law yeah okay so this has been the a bit of an interruption we but uh, pay more attention Get that. I get that. Um, sorry, but e-commerce is is in. Sorry, there's a bit of delay. So I'll, I'll take over. I think we heard you well. I, I keep in mind this this global sourcing and maybe the shift of, of different uh, um, factory or production locations, but also the e-commerce trend that is shifting from very uh, China-centric to outside, and we see that from Vietnam also. There's been a, a shift, and we can access more easily um, across border products now. Uh, directly from Vietnam, so there's there's an acceleration of uh, of e-commerce definitely in the region, and that's probably also pushed by by Chinese company because most of the uh, uh, e-commerce players, at least in Vietnam, are uh, invested by by Chinese companies. Along what what you what's your view in in the corporate world in Schneider Electric? What has changed? And you are a, a company who's very lean, very advanced in process engineering and so on. I'm very curious to hear you on how things have, have changed in the mind of, uh, of those um, Schneider Electric. Yeah, so, so we, we speak about listen, learn. I think we haven't, the, the crisis is not 
done yet, right? So, mm -hmm. so, so we have not seen the whole picture yet. So, so whatever I'm gonna say today, it's like just a few analysis, just a few things that that we we have seen from the beginning. I think more to come. Um, we um, from our uh, corporate, the the direction is. I'm talking about more on customer perspective. Uh, I'll, I'll touch on the internal process, but the push is to go and work closer to the customer. Mm -hmm. we, uh, um, during this crisis, there's a lot of uh, conversation with customer, a lot of uh, 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 digital meeting, the conference, and so on, to understand customer issue. I might myself. Uh, we we went to uh, to uh, to see customer. Um, we 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 try to match our delivery with their production planning. You know, mm. everyone try to put buffer here and there, right? But then at the end, we cannot uh, we, we cannot match uh, 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 the, 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 the 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 delivery. Then uh, complain here and there. So we really work with the customer. Go to their production. Go to their lives. See how they do, and, and try to bring the components to meet their production planning. Excellent. I think this is, this is lesson number one, work closer with your customer. Huh? Mm -hmm. And um, uh, we, we also learn from the customer that more and more, uh, the lead time becomes shorter and shorter. Right? So, so in the mm -hmm. past, you have a lot of projects where customers give you six weeks to deliver. Uh, today, it becomes two weeks. So how mm -hmm. we should be able to uh, 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 to adapt our supply chain, to reduce our lead time, to meet the customer uh, expectation. This is the two things that uh, we, we learned from the first uh, uh, analysis. So, so more to come in terms of uh, uh, supply chain. So, so now if you look into the way how Schneider uh, think about the future, right? So, um, we we see some mixing uh, fundamental mixing number one is capacity management you know as soon as uh, somewhere in the world we got locked down then 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 supply chain got issue so it, it looked like we have issue in our capacity management issue in our inventory management right so uh no the the, the story start with Wuhan right then then Chinese New Year in, in China uh, this 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 lack of for which time gave a lot of trouble to the rest of the world. So somewhere uh, we did not well plan our uh, uh, inventory. So we need to revisit all these fundamentals, uh, 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 capacity management, inventory management. Mm. And, and, and one, one more point is about double sourcing, right? So if we are under the productivity, uh, we try to uh, concentrate the, the, the purchasing power into one supplier. I think uh, Chandy also mentioned this. Uh, we need to revisit this, and, and that post-sourcing is a must uh, to grow supply chain. Okay. So more than more than trying trying to have a, a plan B supplier just in case, you are actually splitting your volume to two suppliers and depend on those two uh, full time. No, no. And, and, and more and more, we will talk about regionalization of supply chain. Right? Mm -hmm. So, okay. uh, uh, so, so in the in the past. Uh, you know, you see, we see a lot of transfer from out, out from Europe, out 
from, from the US, right? Mm -hmm. um, but actually, uh, a few years back, we have started to do uh, what we call C4C, China for China, right? Mm -hmm. The China market, to focus to, to China, uh, China production for China market. Asia, uh, this part of the world, Southeast Asia, to, to this market of 600 million people, but then mm -hmm. Europe and the uh, US should be on, on their own. Uh, also, the, the direction is to go for regionalization of supply chain. Yeah, yeah, that's a big trend, definitely. Okay, good. Uh, I may um, want to open the floor to questions. Uh, I've got a few more, but um, please feel free to to drop a, a message in the chat uh, box, and we'll we'll cover that. Or feel free also to um, take the mic and and share your question directly to to speakers. Uh, while you're preparing, we got a few uh, minutes before the end. I'd like maybe to open the 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 mic to all and for you to give us um what is your view of and we started to explore a few aspects with what in the coming months and years uh, how how supply chain would look like and we've touched on uh, more um more supply sources more um more ability to uh, uh, to absorb shocks through inventory so all these are, are, are nice to have but at the end of the day um Correct me if I'm wrong, but that all this is going to be more expensive. Uh, your OPEX uh, will necessarily uh, increase, or, or am I mistaken? So, how do you cope with being more safe supply chain, more resilient supply chain, and still be competing in the market? What, what's your take there? One by one, uh, we'll start back with Long. What's your view of future supply chain and how you will maintain your competitiveness with this extra? layer of uh, caution. Long, do you hear me? Uh, I, I got lost a bit. Can, can you repeat, uh, Julian? So what's your view, what's your perspective of the future supply chain, how future supply chain would look like in, in Schneider, and um, and what's the um, uh, what's basically the, the the how do you compete while being more uh, resilient? How yeah, so, do you keep competitiveness? I, I think I have mentioned earlier. Right? So so uh, the the supply chain footprint will have to be uh, redefined. Uh, we have to produce close to the market. We have to produce where uh, we consume. Mm. So this is the key word. Um, we. Um, Smart leasing, smart manufacturing is key as well um, because you know uh, through this crisis, uh, where you have uh, less workforce being on site, but you still have to continue to manage the operation. Then, then you need to get more uh, uh, data visibility. Right? Mm -hmm. So, so if you should be able to manage uh, from distance, from remote, you should have more. Uh, 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 smart uh, devices in our uh, manufacturing, our, our logistics to be able okay. to uh, control. And uh, uh, lead time is really a challenge uh, for everyone more and more. So, uh, so that comes to your to your idea of producing close to market. So shorter lead time, uh, smarter uh, facilities, uh, more data, more insight, more visibility on real time uh, mm -hmm. operations. Yep. But uh, the, the question is, are you going to be uh, more expensive still 
um, or you count on automation to actually keep uh, the, the ex extra cost you, you incur from being safer uh, with, uh, with lower cost of operation. So how, how do you, how are your costs going to evolve? Yeah, but basically, Julian, uh, uh, from our estimation, right, whenever your volume drops twenty percent, uh, the, the 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 cost will increase forty-seven uh, percent. So, mm -hmm. so it's a challenge. It's a challenge. So how how to how to manage? Um, it forces us to revisit our uh, uh, process. So we are working a lot on the process robustness. You know, over years we add in a lot of control. You know, for in our manufacturing, in our logistics. Uh, but then uh, it, it 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 will be additional cost, right? So so now we need to come back, revisit uh, uh, our uh, process, uh, redo the uh, and get uh, back to 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 normal cost levels. Yeah, you need you need to be more robust, but then you need to find ways to get back to normal. Yeah, Chenji, yeah. how how do you cope with cost increase in this situation? Yeah, link uh, link to long points. We since we are some part of the customer of Schneider, <clears throat> I can say we are looking at the how can we lower costs and what. Uh, uh, within our supply chains, and one of that is uh, with what we call a lean organization, which means uh, smart manufacturing, something like that. What Long just mentions, smart factories. So the factory is going to have lesser and lesser headcount to run. It means dependent on automation, remote control, remote access, and things like that. You know? just to give you a perspective, since I joins. Uh, the, 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 the headcount of the workforce in the organization reduced almost by half within the last five years. So mm -hmm. the direction is going there. Like everything is connected, automated, and yeah, that's how we are going to ensure our supply chain is cheapest and use it as okay. a uh, you know, advantage. So you really count on automation to, to get to, to uh, lower cost again. Peter, what's your view on, on on your yes, I, I think the, the, the cost will always be in, uh, in, in focus uh, also moving forward. At the same time, mm. um, I think this is also the right moment to, uh, to, to, to have the, the, the supply chain uh, discussion internally and, and, and externally on what's the cost of not being able to mitigate uh, risks. So yes, it's, it's a cost mm. perspective, but we also see some customers, uh, uh, and that started before COVID, it's now accelerating, saying, if you are not able to produce on two different locations and you can mitigate that risk, you don't get our orders. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think this, this right, it's, 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 yes, cost is a focus, but at the same time now, the, the realization of COVID-19, it's also a value perspective and, and a risk mitigation perspective. The big question is, mm -hmm. yeah, if, go ahead. If a year from now everyone uh, things uh, hopefully are, are back to normal, uh, are we forgetting about the COVID nineteen mm. uh, discussions we had in February March this year, mm. uh, and do we then fall back to saying we need to squeeze our cost uh, wherever it's possible? To be safe. and we'll need to to follow up to know about that, but definitely. So today, being robust becomes a competitive advantage. You can get order if you demonstrate that you you got a robust supply chain. So it's it's interesting. Uh, not to compete only about cost, but as you as you rightly said, is 
question is um, your customers or customers going to be back to cost-driven decision again uh, if, uh, if as, as we know uh, uh, people learn but they also unlearn very quickly so yes, we'll, yes. we'll have to watch out this very good so we've covered quite a, a, a broad range of topics we've traveled all over the region I'd like to thank you everyone unfortunately we we run out of time now no question from the audience so it's probably mean that that we've been so clear and so insightful that uh, we, we've covered all the doubts that, uh, that the audience may have. Thank you, everyone, for having, for having been there with me. Thank you, Chandi. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Long. Thank you, Elsa. And thank you to all participants from wherever you are. And we'll welcome you very warmly to the next uh, Vietnam Supply Chain webinar uh, very soon. Keep us um, uh, keep updated and we'll follow up with links and plenty of content. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, and have a good morning. See you soon. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Thanks. Bye. Cheers. Bye.